Oh, so this is the review. We did the review. We did the, we did the review. But yeah. we didn't get we didn't get to talk about all my points. I wrote all these nice notes. Are they spoiler points? Yeah. Yeah, so that's what we're doing. It's it's all going to be one episode. It's released as one episode. Oh, okay. Jeez, you Have you me. heard a podcast before? <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spore the Warning podcast. This is review number 558 with a review of John Wick, colon, chapter 3, hyphen, parabellum. I'm Christopher Schneezy. I am David Klein. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spore the Warning podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Uh, this week, um, I mean, if you are joining us for the first time, you might notice that Stephen... Uh, or I guess David Klein is not the the main other host on this podcast. Um, but Steve, I have been here before. You have been here before. Specifically, one of the times you've been here before is to talk about John Wick Chapter 2. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, Stephen has been deemed excommunicado. He, oh my God. And he is currently gallivanting around the world, trying not to get murdered by a bunch of assassins. Um, no, I kid. He is, Stephen is off um, at Cannes right now, and he is enjoying that festival. And I'm actually going to be checking in with him in just an hour or so. And we're going to do a little uh, episode where we kind of talk about some of the things that he's been checking out while he's been, you know, off doing his thing. Uh, but yeah. David Klein, uh, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you very much. What was what else was I on? Was I on Fast Eight? With you were Charlize? On, yes, you were. Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> and you had, I think, you have now the record for the fastest spoiler in the spoiler section because um, I was like, and spoilers will be starting now, and you immediately, so and so has a baby. <laughs> And, uh, that was well. That did bother me a lot in Fast Eight. That there was just this mysterious baby that appears out of nowhere. But we don't have to spoil Fast Eight for now. No, no, no. So, are you excited to talk about John Wick? I am extremely excited. I love this movie series. It is one of my favorite things in the last few years, and I can't get enough of it. And I really hope there's a fourth movie. Although that could be a spoiler itself. I don't know. Well, the the hope that there's a fourth isn't necessarily a spoiler. What yeah. what a possible fourth could be about could be a spoiler. Sure. Um, did you happen to go back and check out our episode, our review of John Wick Chapter 2 that you were no, on? No, but now I'm definitely going to because <laughs> <laughs> I want to know if I'm improving over time as a podcast guest. Uh, there, there, is, it, there is a pretty funny thing that happens like at least five times in the episode where you just make a blanket statement as if we all agree. <laughs> And Carson and I, completely in sync, just go, what? <laughs> okay, now I'm super excited for that. It's pretty That's amazing. That's great. There is al- there's also a point in uh, <laughs> in the episode where you talk about how <laughs> the, the hobo assassins are a dumb idea and they should have just cut them from the movie. <laughs> wow, I'm very confident. I still think they're a dumb idea and I still don't understand what the Bowery is in this series <laughs> and what Lawrence Fishburne is. So... I would like he's the king of the homeless people who are also assassins who wear Rolex watches. I don't understand. So, <laughs> well, you're going to have to understand. I mean, we'll, well, I think we should probably have a spoiler section at the end of this um, episode so that we can talk about possibly what the Bowery might end up being in the okay. future. Um, but yeah, well, do you want to do you want to get uh, started with this episode? Yeah. So a few things to kick it off. One is I took notes, and <laughs> I definitely 
bumped my elbow against the person sitting next to me several times while I was scribbling away uh, in the dark. Um, so I hope that person doesn't hate me. But I have to say, taking notes really helps you keep in the back of your head what the beats are in the movie. Yeah. Uh, so that's pretty cool. I'm excited about that. So, so Two, my, my pro tip is after yeah. I've seen the film, I generally just go to Wikipedia and reread through the synopsis in order. So I have uh, sort of that beat to beat myself. Um, that's good. But you can't trust Wikipedia because it's, you know... You know, anyone could go in there and just change it. So I love it. Like, I'm sure John Wick Chapter Three hyphen Parabellum is the thing that people are really messing with trying to change is it, history. Is it in your family too, where only your aunts and uncles talk about how Wikipedia isn't a good source of information? And you're like, oh my god, these people are so old. Uh, literally, I don't think I've ever had a conversation about Wikipedia with people in my family. Oh, okay, don't because they don't think it's real. Anyways, um, so <laughs> sorry. Okay, really, I, mean, I just want to get this... on there that global warming is a hoax. <laughs> whoa, whoa, Earth is flat. Um, I just want to get out of the way though. So I went. This was like a weird experience. So between the last episode I was on, I assume that's John Wick too, and this episode, I got married. And the thing about getting married is like to go see a movie that that you don't both want to see is like a, <laughs> <as> an ordeal. <laughs> So you, you I didn't have it. You didn't have like a prenuptial agreement that said, hey, look, I'm going to have to see some movies that you might not like. It's OK for us to see them separately. It's a thing. It's really a thing. And it's not a big deal. But I had to go to a 1040 a.m. showing by myself <laughs> on the weekend and just knock this out. Let me tell you, it was full and everybody was drinking. It was quite the show. So I showed up at the Alamo Draft House and I walked in and there was some kind of – it sounded like a teenager doing a YouTube video summarizing the previous John Wick movie. But you couldn't hear what was in John Wick. You could only hear this person's recap. So every time there was a gun shooting, she would go pew, 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 pew. <laughs> It was so so, amazing. Okay, this is it not a personality. So You're talking about the on-screen thing that they This play is on the that. screen. There's like previously on John Wick too. Okay. okay yeah, yeah. So John Wick goes into this museum and like there's so many people there. Pew, 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 <laughs> and kills everybody. And then he's in the subway and there's Common. Oh my God, more. Pew, 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 pew. And it was, it was pretty funny. So that was the highlight of my, my viewing experience. Yeah. So, so this, uh, we, we kind of, we kind of hinted at stuff that we wanted to talk about before we started recording, but yeah, so I, I did in fact have that. However, because I swapped my showing last minute, I and had to figure out where to park my vehicle so that I didn't have to walk through the rain when I got out of this movie at midnight, <laughs> um, I missed most of that stuff. But I do distinctly remember the pew 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 pew, pew, stuff pew. happening at the end, <laughs> so right funny. before the screening. It was good. It made me very happy. Was there, and, was there more about your viewing experience that you wanted to talk about? Was I was very story? upset that I, I couldn't have a beer. I'm trying to drink less and everybody was drinking beer. And I was like, I got to be an adult and I have to remember this movie. Don't order a beer. But that remind me an opportunity to troll your wife. You get home and you say you had three beers, even though you said you weren't going to drink. <laughs> 
great reactions. So always be trolling. It's a good time. I will say, though, if you agreed not to have a beer, you could have had a boozy shake, which are available at the Animal Draft House. I did not notice that on the menu, but it sounds delicious, and I will definitely have one in the future. (laughs) And also, since I know that Carson Patrick, who's probably listening right now, loves, loves, loves when we talk about the Alamo Draft House, I will say, because I saw the Alamo Draft House John Wick triple feature, um, I was there for six hours to watch these That's amazing. So just for him, I want to say that I had three beers. (laughs) I had a prosciutto burrata pizza, and I had (laughs) about half a container of truffle oil popcorn. Oh, my God. I definitely watched the guy next to me eat an entire pizza on his own at 10.50 a.m., which was pretty gross while chugging beers. It's good. I don't. I really don't like – I got to be honest. That popcorn is trash. I can't stand it. I just wish they would have like a regular popcorn and not something that makes your hands soaking wet by the end of the bowl of popcorn. Are you saying that when you're trying to figure out <laughs> between churro popcorn – Kimchi popcorn and oh truffle oil popcorn. None of those seem good to you? Disgusting. Just give me old-fashioned popcorn. I'm an old-fashioned kind of guy. Give me an old-fashioned with an old-fashioned popcorn. Boom. Happy. And also, like, in theory, you could write on the card, hey, what if you just made me regular popcorn? Because they add all that shit on after they make the oh popcorn. Oh, my God. Right? It never occurred to me. So I should write on the little note card, popcorn without your bullshit, and see what they do. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't write that. What I would say is get there early when he says, oh, have you been here before? You go, yes, I have. But I have a question I've never asked before. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then I, So I'm not high maintenance. But can you please make me my own custom popcorn? <laughs> I promise I'm not crazy. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, what do you say we get yeah. into the actual No, I've got, I've got bullet points for every beat here. It's great. I'm ready to talk. All right. We're going to take a listen to the trailer for John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum, and then come back and give you guys a review. You have no idea what's coming. Mr. Wick broke the rules. I trust you understand the repercussions if he survives. John Wick, excommunicado, is now in effect. You shouldn't be here. Nice suit. Good to see you too. I need your help. After this, we are less than even. There's no escape for you. The high table wants your life. Would you help set the mood for our new guest? Let us begin. Our service is still off limits to me. What do you need? Guns. Lots of guns. You think you can take John Wick? You've got a nasty surprise coming. I've been looking forward to meeting you for a long time. So far, you haven't disappointed. We can keep this up as long as you'd like. But this only ends one way. 
this for what? Because of a puppy? Wasn't just a puppy. All right, so that was the trailer for John Wick, colon, chapter three, hyphen, parabellum. And uh, basically, spoilers for John Wick chapter one and John Wick chapter two. But essentially, in the first John Wick, (laughs) this is a man who used to be an assassin, who retired, who got out of the biz. And these, uh, basically, Theon Greyjoy shows up, (laughs) kills his dog, steals his car, and he goes wild and just murders a shit ton of people in the Russian mob. Uh, In the second film... Um, he is done with that, but just to make sure people know, he goes and kills the cousin of the guy who is the main boss of the other film. Then he is visited by an old friend who has a little device called a marker, which is basically like a blood oath pact that you make with another, um, person. That guy says, John Wick, remember this marker you gave me a long time ago? I need you to go kill my sister who's about to receive a seat on the high council, a seat that I want, so you should go kill her. He goes, yo, I'm out. He goes, no, you're not. You just killed a shit ton of Russian mob guys. You're definitely in. John Wick refuses to do it. That guy says, fuck you. You have to do it. And essentially, he eventually gives in, goes and kills the sister, But then that guy wants to clean up the situation, so he puts out a $7 million bounty on his head and uh, sends some people after him to kill him. John Wick doesn't like this, kills all the people who comes after him, and then, in a fit of rage, eh, not even a fit of rage, in a semi-calculated bit of rage, murders the guy on continental ground, which we all know as fans of John Wick, um, is not allowed. So he is deemed excommunicado and... A uh, new bounty is placed on his head uh, that is double the bounty that was on his head due to the guy that he killed. And essentially, the end of that film ends with John Wick running away, and he has an hour before the official announcement of his excommunicado happens, and he has to go off and try to figure out how to not die. Um, This film starts towards the end of that hour (laughs) with like five minutes left, and uh, he has to... Uh, not die and figure out how to get out of this situation where literally every single assassin in like the whole world is trying to kill him. Well, um, you have to be more specific. Everybody in New York is an assassin. That's yes. what we learn throughout these movies. Well, at least everybody in the park, all the homeless people and anybody who came to the city specifically because uh, they now want to get $14 million to kill John Wick. Yes. David Klein. <laughs> <laughs> okay. First thing. First, first, did I miss anything? And second, what did you think of John Wick I, Chapter 3? I, I really enjoyed the recap. Uh, a lot of pronouns, so I was trying to follow it. I have to ask you it's a trivia question. How much time has passed since the first scene in John Wick 1 until now? Well, according to the uh, the the new character that we meet who has a title called like the arbitrator what, what what's her name what what's her adjudicator the adjudicator um it's been roughly a week it's a week john wick has been murdering people all day every day for a week i thought this would have been like a year i had no idea it was a week so that really caught me off guard also the adjudicator terrified me but yeah um <laughs> so the first thing we see in this movie uh, you know, he's on the run with his dog and he bumps into 
another homeless man who is wearing a very shiny gold watch. And that man is one of my favorite people in the world, <laughs> Jason Manzukis, who is crazy, but then snaps out of his crazy because he was pretending to say TikTok John Wick. Now, on I think was it Jimmy Fallon? Jason Manzukis showed up to talk about his role in this movie. And it he also, I believe, had a poster, one of the four posters for this movie. Is Jason Manzoukas in this movie a lot, or am I crazy? <laughs> he is not in this movie he a lot. He is not in this movie a lot. He's in, I think, two scenes and yeah. has two lines. He is in frames within this film. Yes, wearing a garbage bag scarf. His costume, the garbage bag scarf, blows my mind. I, I couldn't bl- I hope he comes back for the next movie, but he should really have some more lines. That was pretty frustrating. <laughs> but... Also, what I also love about this movie, so I think we probably talked about this on John Wick 2, is like this weird universe that exists of the the Assassination International Organization where all of the IT department is women in this room with like old computers and switchboards and tattoos and chalkboards. It's the weirdest thing. But of course, we go right to that. So I'm like on board. I love these people. I want to know what kind of computers they're typing on because it's like green text uh, monospace mono font. It's so it's, it's old, old and like weird. it's old. It's an old accounting software, right? It, it's it's all set up to be like VisiCalc. It's like old the old Excel stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm so curious what is going on there and how that works and why they're using switchboards. And also, I I don't understand every all the assassins. Don't, they don't have smartphones. They have flip phones or like candy bar phones that flip up. And it's just like there's some kind of weird connection to the old old technology, but also. For some reason, when Keanu gets in a taxi cab, it's an old-style New York City taxi cab, but all the other ones are new. So why does Keanu get his own old one? I, this it is was so special cool about I mean, these don't movies. You know how the, the <laughs> I mean, the, the taxi cab driver knew who he was, right? That was another thing. Everyone knows who John Wick is. Everyone's an assassin in this movie. Or John Wick is incredibly famous for being an assassin. So I think that was pretty cool. Well, I mean, think about it. If you were in, a, if you were in, like, we'll just call it the Assassin Guild, and nobody had ever gotten out, and then you hear that this one guy got out, you're like, well, how did that? Like, I, I feel like everybody knows who John Wick is. Like, yeah. even when he's in freaking like <laughs> wherever the sand place is. Oh my god. <laughs> well, I was in Morocco. That was the. We- oh my god. Okay, hold on. Wait a second. I just want to run this theory by you. So you're saying the folklore is so big, but. This is a taxi driver. Another scene we have sushi chefs. Now, are all these assassins super badasses, but they all have really shitty day jobs and they're just like, oh, God, I got to run out the clock on this taxi gig and then I get to go practice with my sword. I'm just envisioning all these normal people who are working at like, I don't know, Barney's or Saks Fifth Avenue. And they're like, OK, two more hours and then I get to go play with my guns. Is that is that what they're trying to tell us here, that everyone's an assassin and they just work day jobs? What? What I the, the theory that I would offer you to I guess to counter the point you're trying to make and also give you more insight is that the assassin world needs regular jobs too, right? So yeah. think about it. Where are you gonna get your missions from or other information besides your little flip phone, or where are you gonna talk to people about knowing things other than to meet at a safe space which might be a sushi shop? Or, uh, you know, a little market on the side of the street. Or you might want to get into a taxi and be taken to a place that has safe harbor or things like that. I think that there is – I think that there are people that are like the normal jobs of the assassin world, right? Like there's got to be like 
assassin world baristas who aren't necessarily assassins themselves. They're just baristas that are in the know and can uh, – Help pass information or do things right, like oh, like, so you these are like the friendlies in the uh, the Blade movies. Uh, we'll say yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't yeah, go too I mean, deep there. Think, okay. think about it. Do you really think that the cocktail waitress at the Continental is also an assassin, or is she just like yes, so- <laughs> no? But she knows her way around the gun. We learned this because all the employees eventually, spoiler alert, pick up guns and are like, "All right, we're ready to fight for the hotel." Yeah. Well, that was everybody that was dressed like the one main guy who works the counter, right? It, like there weren't cocktail waitresses running around with guns in that scene. I don't know, but let me tell you, that lobby definitely had a barber shop in the middle of the lobby, and I was r- trying to write down – I wrote down at one point, I wrote a note, how big is this hotel? <laughs> it's so big. Well, you've Every seen it from scene, the outside, it's like right? A, it's just the Wedge Street. It's just this tiny thing, but then they have a barber shop, and then there's a two-story office filled with glass for no reason. It's the weirdest, most gigantic – that huge underbelly with the furnace. I don't know. That building's gigantic. I got to I gotta find the plans for that building. I should go there in New York next time I'm in New York and just take a picture of it for you. <laughs> to do it. <laughs> OK. A question for you though. Is Keanu a genius actor or the worst actor who ever lived? I cannot figure this out because sometimes he talks and just is so robotic and forced – but then in the other scenes, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm on board. This guy's amazing. I'm, dude, his wife died like a week ago. <laughs> Remember? No. Is... is it – was it – wait. Oh, yeah. And then he got the dog and then the dog – he fell in love with the dog in six hours and then – oh, yeah, you're right. OK. Yeah. So maybe he's just so depressed. Yeah. Yeah. OK. OK. Yeah. So then he goes to the library, which is amazing. Uh, my cousin, my wife's cousin told me that this man who fights in the library actually plays for the Philadelphia Sixers. And that's why he's so gigantic. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if playing for the Sixers makes you gigantic. I think it's, they just happen to. It's one to... of those causation, not causality things. Yeah. <laughs> correlation, causality. I don't know. Yeah. Cor- um, correlation, not causation. <laughs> yeah. Whatever that thing people say on Twitter to make themselves sound smart. Um. Yeah, so that was fun. So what I didn't understand here was that Keanu has like a go box, right? But- <laughs> let's let's try to be more more uh, ambiguous about this film in this stage of the podcast. Sorry, to lead me to the to the light here. <laughs> no, I mean you can ask questions. I just mean don't don't specifically talk about like everything he's doing in every scene. Okay, so what should I talk about next? Lead me. <laughs> Just, just start with your general thoughts on the film overall and some of the things you oh. liked, some of that. General thoughts. I mean, this movie is awesome, of course. It, but it's like it grows the um, the universe, but it does it in a clever way. And it even talks about the history of the Assassin's Creed. And it you know brings on all these new characters and you get so much – a little bit more backstory. But it's, it's so badass. And I just love how Keanu just – he's like Daredevil. He can never – he always gets up to fight more. Um, so I, I think this is awesome. I love that they made another one. I can't believe that we've got three. Um, yeah, so I, I, I'm fully on board. I want more John Wick. That's all I'm saying. This movie's <laughs> awesome. The, I did like there were a lot of winks to the Matrix, which made me very happy. Yeah. Guns. Uh, Lots of guns. Gu- but there was also, I swear, an architect scene, like nodding to uh, Matrix 2. Uh, so that made me very happy. 
Um, the adjudicator gave us so much more like kind of backstory about what the hell is going on with this high table that runs the show. And I guess that sets up for the fourth movie if they make it. I'd love that Halle Berry's in this movie. She's super awesome. I love that she's got dogs. Just more more dogs. Maybe John Wick 4 <laughs> should be like a cartoon let me ask you a about question. About dog assassins. Were you, were you doing dog math in this film? Like, it there is definitely a scene where, first of all, it's super badass the way the dogs are used in fighting. It's almost like the dog is like a, a sonic boom that <laughs> Allie Berry can throw. Like, she's like, fight, fight, shoot, 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 wah, and then throws the dog, and the dog will just the grab dogs somebody. are so awesome. And they're like, bulletproof vests are super awesome. So, yeah, I think the dogs as weapons was great. Uh, I was very nervous that one of them was going to die because nothing breaks my heart more than when a dog dies in a movie. So that was keeping me on edge. And if there's one thing we know, the film has precedence for killing dogs. (laughs) Killing (laughs) dogs. Shit. I should have caught that. Um, Yeah. And I loved also that we leave New York City and go international again um, and just all these different scenes and uh, scenery. So, yeah, I was very happy with this movie. I think there was uh, – I only have a couple complaints about – I could say you know, the ending I thought was a little weird or didn't quite land for me. But otherwise, uh, they also upped the ante significantly with the bad guys, which was really cool because sometimes it feels like – you know, what, what is it called? The gun kata? Yeah. Is, it's, you know, it's like every movie is going to have gun kata, but then this, this movie found a way to innovate significantly with the bad guys and how powerful they were. So I was pretty pumped about that. Yeah, <laughs> there, there is one thing I will say, like uh, listening back to our review of John Wick 2, uh, there was a moment where you you <laughs> you had seen somebody in John Wick 2 and you're like, come on, I don't I don't I don't think this person could take this person. Right. It, it, I forget what it was. I, I don't remember exactly. I was like literally listening as I was driving here to record today. Um, nice. But you were making a comment of like sizing up actors versus Keanu Reeves. And then, oh, no, that's what it was. You, so you were you were talking about how you didn't like Man of Tai Chi. And you were talking about the end of Man of Tai Chi when Keanu Reeves fights himself. And you were just like, he's so old. And he's, <laughs> that's true. He's not flexible. And you're like, there's no way this guy can fight. So my question for you is, have you seen the Raid films? Uh, the I, I think the the Raid Redemption, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, the first one. So you've seen, so you've seen the Raid Redemption. Yeah. Okay. So in that film, an actor who is in that film appears in this film, and as soon as that guy showed up, I was like, "All right, now, now, after all all the things I've seen, rewatching the previous two films for four hours, and then coming to this moment, I'm like, he couldn't take that guy." <laughs> <laughs> Are you talking about one of the two knife brothers? Yes, one of the two yeah, knife yeah, brothers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, those guys were super scary. Uh, but I, I, what I said still stands. Keanu was too old for that movie, and he was in mountain climbing boots, like Timberlands, trying to fight in jeans. And I was like, this is stupid. So maybe it's just that they had a bad director for that movie. I don't know. It was ridiculous. But this one, he can still move, although someone actually does call him out for – going a little slow yeah uh but i still think he kicks ass and the you know the opening there's like a huge knife sequence and and axes and all sorts of shit and it he's he's doing it i i was very impressed so go keanu you're still kicking ass <laughs> no yeah like i it, the way it all plays out and everything i'm 100 percent fine with and the fact that like keanu is actually physically tired a lot at the end of this film i just thought it was oh. funny where just the guy showing up i was like i've seen you fight before 
Like, and you're scary. You do a different kind of fighting than John Wick does. John Wick does some like tackles and spins and leg grabs, and then a lot, a lot of shooting. You fucking yeah. tear people up with your knives and stuff like that. So just, yeah, Keanu definitely does a lot of uh, judo in this. He's just throwing people with their own body weight and momentum. It's yeah. pretty cool to watch. Um, I also love so one of my favorite old bad kind of dumb movies is Only the Strong. And oh, yeah. every time that guy appears, I'm pumped. So he was in like Hawaii Five-0 and I can't think of anything else. But then he's like a bad guy in this movie and it was great. I don't know what's going on with his face. I think he's had some bad work done, but, you know, great. He's badass. And there's a, there's a great moment where he's like, John Wick, I'm your biggest fan. I love you so much. <laughs> We're exactly the same. And John Wick's like, nah, we're not the same. And I immediately thought of The Incredibles. You can never tell the person who worships you that they ain't shit because then that person is going to want to kill you because they're crazy. So I, I felt like that was all playing out just like The Incredibles, the uh, Pixar cartoon movie. <laughs> Pixar, Incredibles, and John Wick series. Same thing. Same thing. Same thing. Same, basically same film. There was one thing that bothered me about this movie, and that was some advertisements um, in the movie, there's a couple – I noticed there was some kind of billboard for something related to cryptocurrency or Bitcoin. And I like played it off like, oh, they just filmed in that scene, that, that space. I guess that was just there. No, no, no. That billboard comes back again. Konotoxia or something. And it's got the Bitcoin sign. I thought, oh, yeah, you're promoting some bullshit. I'm not even going to look it up. So I didn't look <laughs> it up. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Uh, I didn't look it yeah. up, but I'm going to say it on a podcast, which is going to make I somebody look it up. I like it. I think crypto is stupid. Uh, there was also an ad. Uh, it's like multiple minutes of fighting, and there's a massive watch advertisement in the background. And I just thought, okay, we get it. You want us to go buy this watch. Guess what? I'm not looking up that brand because I'm going to fight against the man. So, but yeah, it was stupid. So one one little thing I, I shall say with you um, – you're saying that you don't want this crypto ad in there, but 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 think about it. If you had like some sort of ledger system, which had who is allowed to be killed and who isn't allowed to be killed, and how much money they can be killed for, I mean, wouldn't you want like would... blockchain? To, to I guess that's that a ledger? that's a valid point. Um, yeah. Speaking of the, the the gold tokens, I love that they have their own currency, but I also love that it seems to me that in every John Wick movie, they introduce a new token. So the second movie, we got the, the marker with the blood imprint. Yeah. And this movie, we got a new one, I think, that he that he gives to uh, – or is it – It's – it's uh, – I'm going to edit that out. It, <laughs> It looked a little different, <laughs> but then we also had something called a <laughs> which was just <laughs> and he – I mean, spoiler alert, Angelica frickin' Houston is in this movie. How awesome is that? She's uh, from uh, Adam's family, so that was cool. Uh, if my mom's listening, she's going to be like, oh my god, how can my son not mention Pritzi's honor? But no, Adam's family is where Angelica Houston's from. Sorry, mom. But yeah, so that was cool. <laughs> I would love to talk for hours about the place Angelica Houston was working. All right, that we, was we, incredible. We will get into that stuff in spoilers. Let, let, let me okay. <laughs> let, let me let me say my piece. Yes, please. And then, what and then do you we want get to say? Into spoilers because I'm, I'm all have, over the place. I'm going to have to do some ma magic uh, knife action on that last two minutes to make sure nothing too bad is said in there. Um, but yeah, so as as I as I. As I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I, I saw this as the John Wick triple feature, which might just be the best way to watch these films. 
partially because, as we've discussed, the, all three of these films basically took place over one week. So, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it had to spill over that week because obviously he had to hop on a plane somewhere. Which also, how did he get th- on a plane <laughs> to fly outside of the United States if uh, everywhere are assassins? Like, there's definitely TSA agent assassins, right, in this universe? Oh my god, I don't even want to think about that. That's terrifying. <laughs> Give me your water and then dead. You know, it's just it's too much. Yeah, Come yeah. On. Spread your I arms right in the armpit, stab wound. Oh my god. Oh, this person's passing out. Let's get him in the merge. Yeah, Jesus. It, it's definitely a bad situation. Um but yeah, so so watching these films back to back, there is no downtime, there is no distance from having watched them before. There is just continuation and you watching more and more. And they really play so well together. Like in in my head, before I sat back down to rewatch all three of them, or rewatch the first two and then watch the third, in my head I remembered there being way more world building in the first film, and then the second film just sort of like carrying on, um, and then just sort of amping up the action. And it was like I I watched it originally with the space between the first two films, thinking that like oh I see they're trying to up the action and there's less emphasis on story. So I kind of. I still loved it a lot, obviously, but I, I, in my head, I was like, oh, I think John Wick One still did more for this like series, but like back to back to back, <laughs> they all feel a hundred percent on par with each other. I think the big difference is there is there is more emphasis on the action as things get up, like things get crazier because there's more and more people trying to attack him. And so in the first one, it's like, oh, this insane action. And the second one, it's like, what if all of his clothes were bulletproof and we had (laughs) all the same action? And then the third one, it's like, oh, what if there was also like body horror and shit like that? Like in this film, there's a lot more emphasis on camera not cutting away from people being stabbed in gruesome ways or um, (laughs) things being broken on people's bodies and stuff like that. Um, I I think you have a good point though about the first one with the world I mean the, the, the first one also had a cool car it also had John Leguizamo and anything with John Leguizamo is automatically awesome ever since the movie The Pest so <laughs> I, I think there's some there's some bonus things and it had the cute dog so yeah I, 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 I'm following you yeah, yeah but, I, but, I, but I think it does they, they do feel coherent and complete as in one package where it doesn't feel like anyone stands that much further above the other they all continue to build and there is less world building because there is less stuff to build on, but they do make it a point of it in every single film to add more things or add more backstory or add more characters that know him or add more rules to the universe. Um, like you said, like we get the introduction of the marker in the last one, and then this one, um, the marker it may may come back in a way. Um, we we learn about this adjudicator person in this role, and we kind of there's more. We don't gain more information about the high council, but we know more about them existing because they're sort of offhand referenced in the other films but you don't really know what it is or how it matters but when there's actually a person coming divvying out like um punishments or verdicts for actions people take from the high on the high council behalf there's definitely an interesting thing that's sort of happening there um as films as films uh, continue on, there might be some more crazy shit that we start to learn. If it wasn't for the scene in John Wick Chapter 2 where we see um, 
you know, the the one dude accepting his new seat on the high council. Like when he – basically when he's having that meeting at his gallery, I assume people in that room were all part of the high council. Um, so I, I don't think that we've never seen them before. I just don't think we've spent a lot of time with them. Um, but I can definitely see in the future – weird crazy shit happening right like in a story where it's like is there even actually a high council we don't know <laughs> like it's gonna turn yeah. it's gonna turn into uh equilibrium going back to our other review where we brought that film up um or something nice. where like they'll be like shit we don't know about the people that that uh live up there in the high council space um but yeah i i, I thought the film was incredibly fun it's it's a film that it still has that crazy action that makes you just go, oh, 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 shit, oh. <laughs> um, and I think they, they really do some things to up the ante, too, for um, who uh, John Wick is going against. Um, we'll, we'll probably talk about it more in spoilers, but let's just say that, like, this film takes it even further into the, the video game <laughs> space where towards the end of this film, there's like what I will call elites and maybe even mini bosses <laughs> that he has to encounter, yep. um, which yeah. was just a really interesting uh, – yeah, I'll say it's an interesting treat. Like it, it adds a lot to the way combat has gone before and to watch John Wick enter a space, do what he always does, and then have to adapt that to – a new way to try to fight somebody uh, was just cool to see that character. Like it makes you feel like the character really is that proficient. Um, I, I don't have any real complaints about this film, but I will say maybe it's the constant having watched so many films like this before, or maybe even just seeing these films back to back to back. The choreography sticks out, right? Like John Wick does not feel reactionary. He feels like somebody who has practiced this fight for hours on end. And it's like he is reaching up to block before somebody has fully started swinging yet. And I can kind of like, – I, I can see the strings in the choreography, um, which is like my – like it's not even really a complaint because it's so badass and it's so fast that I, I really, really enjoy it. But there's definitely times where like he's not even paying attention and he just reaches an arm up to like block an incoming punch and it makes me laugh. Yeah. No, I mean the, the, the choreography is incredible. And what I love about – he has like a few special moves – that I think I, I have to go back and watch the first couple movies to see if this is consistent where if he's trying to – and I can't believe – this is so insane that like these are movies that I'm like smiling and laughing at extreme violence yeah. because it's just so ridiculous. But the whole theater's laughing. Um, but I love his special move where it's like he's trying to stab someone and they're like blocking it. And so he just takes the other hand and just smashes – uses his hand as a hammer to hammer the knife in and it works every time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He also manages to use a book as a weapon, which I think, you know what? If you're going to go to the library, at least you're, you know, picking up a book. I, w- I like it. As much as I enjoyed that, I will say Jason Bourne has definitely done that before. Oh, you know, I I don't – the Jason Bourne movies all I, – I wasn't a fan. We could talk about that. But, like, they just all kind of ran uh, ran along to me, and I think Matt Damon's better as, at comedy anyway. So whatever. No, no, yeah. It's, it's totally fine. I'm just saying that it was like most Not of the things it. that I see in John Wick, I'm like – Oh, I haven't really seen this very often. <laughs> Not in this oh, way. Oh, so that – gotcha. So that stuck out to you. Yeah, okay. yeah. It was like – Cool. I, I would be like, he just Jason Bourne to that guy. <laughs> yeah. I did not know that. So I guess uh, I'm just going in with a cleaner slate. Apparently. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, is there any non-spoilery things left that you sort of want to talk about? Uh, let me – let me check my notes here. Um, 
I, okay, so I, I'll only call the bad guy only the strong because I want everyone to go see that movie, and I believe it is just available on YouTube because it's kind of old enough where no <laughs> is, one cares. So is, is only the strong the Capoeira film? Exactly. Okay, cool. The high school Miami Capoeira movie, and it's awesome. Um, okay, They're breakdance the fighting. <laughs> oh, wait, that's uh, that's a Zoolander quote. Yes. Got it. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, we. T- I, I think, uh, yeah, I, t- I could talk about my complaints about the hotel being the biggest building in New York, you know. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I'm good. Well, remember, that they, they walk into the lobby. The lobby is the squint, skinny wedge at the, at the front of that building. But then and there's then this... it's just like a full square block. Yeah, it's probably it. a full square block behind it. I mean, come on. You, yeah. You know how the yeah. streets in New York are. Shit's crazy. Uh, I, did, I did enjoy that uh, there is a scene in this movie, and I have actually been to that spot. Um for my honeymoon, and so I had a nice little little moment during the movie. Uh, so that's cool. I guess we can talk about that. When you got when uh, you got post- home, did you tell your wife should have gone? <laughs> <laughs> that did not occur to me, but I'm definitely gonna <laughs> gonna talk about that immediately as soon as I stop recording. I'll be like, hey, hey, guess what was in John Wick three? I took a photo of you right there. <laughs> so that was cool. Yeah, I love exotic uh, locations for movies, so that always makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah, I, that, I, I'm good. I think that's about it. I, I just – I really hope there's a fourth movie and I hope J.C. Manzoukas appears and gets to talk more in it. Um, the the filmmakers have definitely made statements of like, hey, if enough people watch this movie, we'll make another one. <laughs> so, yeah. um, I mean part of what we're doing here right now is to try to tell people that it's worth watching, I think. Uh, it's probably... I think this movie is 100 percent worth watching. In the theater. I mean, they're, they're, these movies are – I think they're so unique and so weird. And this one actually adds a little bit more color, which I really appreciated. Um, the other ones I feel are, can be a little gray and bland until you go into like – when he goes and kills like 100 people wearing the same red shirt. And you're like, oh, look, color. But otherwise, I think they're a little bland <laughs> overall. Was the shirt uh, red before he started killing them? No, no. Remember, there's another movie where he's like fighting in a club, and he goes into one room, and everyone's wearing the same uniform. You're like, hey, they all blend together. But this one, this one, I think had a lot of fun stuff going on, especially with the adjudicator. And I just want to know more about what she's up to. And yeah, she's the one who doles out the punishments. And I just love that this this world is so fascinating. And honestly, if there was a book about it, I would read that book in a second. That just explains the backstory of what this what this all is. It was so cool. Yeah, yeah. So I think it is really enjoyable. Happy. I think also what's what's interesting about the adjudicator is um she's not like she doesn't ever fight or do anything, right? Like her yeah. it's just her presence and her matter of factness and the fact yeah. that she has this thing that I will just refer to as her badge. That's like, if you show this, don't fuck with this person. Like, it's just a thing that everybody knows. Um, And whatever she says will happen, will happen. So it's like, you have to just take her at her word. Um, There is something really, really interesting about that dynamic that she is, she is like the, the personification of the the high table. High high table. Yeah. 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 Which is really rad. And remind me, how much did Ruby Rose fight in John Wick 2? Um... (laughs) I remember Not she was always enough. around with a gun, and she didn't speak. But I don't remember if she actually fought that much. I think she has like one final fight scene, and I guess it is kind of scary. Like the, the it, it almost makes the adjudicator scarier. Like you said, the fact that she can't, she doesn't fight. She just makes phone calls and bus loads of people show up. And yeah, so literal bus loads, which was amazing. So yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah I, I think I think in, in, in that one, Ruby Rose didn't do much until the final fight with Keanu. Um, she was mostly like the one, she was like the head henchman who would like send everybody out to do things and then sit in chairs and ominously sign language to people. Um, Which was awesome. Again, like, why make this character sign language? I don't know, but this movie's clever. And guess what? Then we get subtitles from sign language. And the subtitles in these movies are always so... I don't know. They're just they're, There's never normal text. They're like funky italicized and occasionally they do a word that's bigger in color. And also uh, they definitely translate the word parabellum. And I was wondering what the hell that word meant. <laughs> and I think someone said out loud right when the movie started, I don't know what parabellum means. <laughs> so that was good. Yeah, um, I, it, it's weird because yeah. it's it's like a Latin two word phrase, I guess. But in it's also a gun. That was manufactured at some point in time. Um, oh, I didn't but, know that. Yeah. Did they say that in the movie? Uh, no. <laughs> what would be – you know what would be really great is actually to go through these movies, especially this one, with someone who is a, an expert on guns and could explain the significance because there's a lot of lines about bullets and guns that are like, oh, this one shoots bullets at even faster speeds. And this one shoots bullets that go through armor. And I would love for someone to say, yes, that's a real thing. And there's there's a lot of reloading. Um, you know, Keanu, th- they show those YouTube videos of him learning how to use guns and like the reloading is incredible. And this movie, I swear to God, he's like flinging bullets into a gun and it's just magically reloading. And I want to know, is that real? What the hell is going on? So here? there, there is, um, there, there's generally you, I mean, I'm, I'm going to say this is a person who doesn't own or use guns very often, but I believe that uh, the thing that you're referring to is specifically with a shotgun, you can you yes. load shells by like pressing one in, and then usually people like press one in, and then press the next one in, press the next one in, and he's doing this exactly. one motion where it just slides all of them in, and he's just really really proficient at it. Um, and uh, somebody can write into fans at the spoilerwarning.com and, and t- tell us what the hell is actually happening. But I think it's literally just a lot of flair and quick precision that is allowing him to just like slide his hands like he's doing a motion forward to slide it in and then the same exact return motion to cock it instead of like using one hand to press it in and then use the other hand to cock it i think it's just he's yeah so (laughs) in my experience with with guns and shooting guns so usually there's a skeet and you say you say like you say a word and then someone pushes a button and then like a frisbee flies out and you shoot it (laughs) I believe the, the word you're looking pull, for is yeah. pull. <laughs> Sorry. So full story, I was at a bachelor party in Nashville and I had a horrible allergy attack. And I actually have a video of this of me shooting the skeet things. And in between every sh- every round, I'm like sneezing and rubbing water out of my eyes because I'm just so miserable. But then I'm just, just nailing the shots. So it's much. awesome. And you can hear someone in the background going, oh, my God, it's loaded. <laughs> and then I'm just sneezing and crying. And it's it's a great it's great. It was a fun bachelor party. So that's yeah. my experience with guns. So obviously I'm not I'm not qualified to talk about it. <laughs> it, it, it was a fun bachelor party. There were no survivors. <laughs> there was I did I did do a handgun bachelor party once. I found that to be less fun than the skeet. You know, you're indoors. It's like the target's not moving. What's the point? You got to be outside. It's more fun. I've also skeet shot in uh, Montgomery, Alabama, of all places. So yeah, just just a regular skeet expert over here. Yeah. So I'll send you some money cool. on Conotoxia after this, and uh, we'll see what that is. Sweet. Um, so should we get to verdicts for now before we get into spoilers? Uh, yes, but define verdict for me once again. 
Uh, verdict is the point where I say something like, so David Klein, if you were going to give this a must-see, a record of the caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? Wow, five levels. I actually respect the five levels. I feel like other podcasts do three levels, but I think the five is more thorough. Uh, this is a must-see. All three of these movies, hands down, must see, no hesitation. They are a wild ride. They're fu- they're they're weird and so different, and the world building is fascinating. Keanu is ridiculous and amazing. Uh, so I, I must must see. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely a must see for me. Um, if there is, if there, if like I, the the triple feature that I went to was like the only one that Alamo was doing. They were just doing a single showing of it. Um, so I doubt that if you haven't already had a chance to do that, that the chance will be available to you. Um, but you should go out and you should see John Wick colon chapter three hyphen Parabellum um, as soon as you can. And you should enjoy it. But then once it comes out on VOD, you should watch them all back to back to back because <laughs> that was super freaking awesome. Um, well, I mean, the fact that it picks off like like you said minutes after the second movie is is so cool. I I was thinking, wow, it's a little bit darker now. So they must have done the you know, the beginning of that hour at like you know five forty, and then now we're at six forty, and it's East Coast and it's dark now. I, I I was I thought they'd stretch that a little bit, but yeah, it does pick up pretty quickly after the second movie. So it it's I bet the two just flow right through. Yeah. Um, and yeah, maybe they'll even do like an edit of it where like it literally doesn't stop and it just though it, it did, at the beginning of this film they're definitely reshooting the scene where they stamp the excommunicado and type it into the computer because uh, seeing them back to back you'll notice that like the paper and the stamp is very not uh, it's very like dull and faded and then in the new one it's like bright freaking red with lots of good ink on it <laughs> and it's like well, clearly a reshot. Uh, you know how I feel. I want more time in the administrative center with the old computers, the switchboards, and the chalkboards. Yeah, yeah. I think that's – they're so cool. I feel like someone who runs a tattoo company is also sponsoring these movies because there are so many tattoos. Did you notice that? A lot of tattoos. <laughs> you, you cannot notice the tattoos. One guy has tattoos all over his bald head and face, and I just thought, how? where does he work? <laughs> how does he get away with that? I mean there's plenty of places. I mean tar- t- tattoo parlor <laughs> – Oh, I guess the yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of those. Maybe Starbucks, uh, or maybe at the uh, the Russian headquarters he's well, working at. So a yeah. bouncer anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, I always wanted to be a bouncer. I wish for like <laughs> really? one night I could just know what that's like. I don't. I don't think you want to. It's a lot of people wanting to get in, and you have to not let them in, and you have to yeah, make but judgment you're like calls. Yeah, so dominating about... that they can't even get near you. I just think that's a cool feeling, and I'm chasing that feeling every day. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I don't know what to do with that. I can't tell if you're joking or not. No, sadly not joking. Uh, yeah, so I guess, spoiler, maybe? Uh, yeah, so we will do the official closeout of the episode. We'll say goodbye to everybody, um, and then we'll get into spoilers as like part of the after show. Um, so for now, David Clark. Oh, so this is the review. We did the review. We did the, we did the review, But yeah. we, didn't get, we didn't get to talk about all my points. I wrote all these nice notes. Are they spoiler points? Yeah. Yeah, so that's what we're doing. It's it's all going to be one episode. It's released as one episode. Oh, okay. Jeez, you have you me. heard a podcast before? <laughs> <laughs> Do you even broadcast, bro? Yeah, I I, I listen to him on the tweeters. Um, all right. So for now, David Klein, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? Oh, throughout the week, I'm uh, on the twitters at di Klein. Uh, as in Calvin Klein, but no relation. I'm sorry. But D.I. Klein, that's me. 
go. <laughs> or you can call me. You want my phone number? You can call me. Well, we can talk. I like talking. On if the you phone. want to put your phone number out here, <laughs> great. You might get one call. Hey, this is David Klein. Let me tell you about these guns. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, you would love that, right? Oh, God. You listen here. I'll tell you about my guns. I know them guns good. Whoa. Whoa. Watch the accents. <laughs> you never know. Um, but, yeah, if people want to find me and all of my wonderful accents, you can do so over, over at CRISPRinRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash CRISPRIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so on Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning, facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning, or instagram.com slash thespoilerwarning. Um, if you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com. You can use the contact form on our site. Um, and uh, yeah, music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to John Wick colon chapter three hyphen parabellum so hopefully you are enjoying that yes this is the time you've got through the normal review if you've already seen the film um then you can stick with us music is going to fade up and when that music fades out we will be in full-blown spoilers so we can sort of run through all these things david klein will be off the leash (laughs) he will be able to talk about whatever he wants to talk about and uh that's gonna happen now so uh as soon as the music fades out, back out, it'll be spoiler time. All right, we are back. This is spoiler territory. That's the after part of our review of John Wick Chapter 3. Um, we are here to talk full-blown spoilers, so if you haven't seen the film yet, watch out. Because spoilers are going to come at you faster than knives being whipped out of uh, John Wick's hands. So, David Klein. Well done. <laughs> that was clever. Welcome to Spoiler Territory. Thank you for having me. Uh, Braun is awesome, and I'm so happy to see <laughs> you. The second movie. Game of Thrones character who becomes a maid. I, I think it's funny. I mean, we, we are literally hours away from the series finale of Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. And I think that, it's funny good that, historical like, context. all Braun has ever wanted... <laughs> It's a castle to call his own. And he gets the fucking... He, got it. he gets the castle and the mint of the assassin world. How awesome is that? So, oh, that's right. That was the mint. Okay, so I just want to say he gets to... That is not Casablanca. That is Azoria. I have been there on my honeymoon at that exact spot with those blue belts and that's the blue boats and that citadel and that small town. That is Azoria. So uh, so you, you've uh, already, you've already uh, mentioned two times... Two different spots of these films that you have been to on your honeymoon. Are you trying to secretly low-key tell us that you are a member of the Assassin's I Guild? I am I am I am a Jewish John Wick. I, I don't I it's there's I feel like um, I feel like there's a different way you can pronounce Wick to <laughs> I am Jacob Wickovitz and uh yeah. Actually, John in Hebrew, I believe, is uh... – oh, God, it's escaping me. Your grandma's going to be really Never mad mind. if she's listening to this episode right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't remember, actually. But, yeah, uh, so that's Azoria. That was pretty cool. I was very happy to see that. And Braun, awesome. Okay, here's what I don't understand. So the dogs have this bulletproof vest, right, which looks super badass. Yeah. So Braun is like, I'm going to kill your dog. And Hallie's like, don't kill my dog. And Braun's like – Bang, shoots the dog. Does Braun purposefully shoot the bulletproof vest? So here's the thing. That scene extremely confused me 
because the dog falls like it thinks it's shot. <laughs> exactly. And it gives a look on its face. Very good acting yeah, from this dog. Extremely good CG this dog This dog really <laughs> thought it was dead. But, but um, Halle Berry definitely pushes away what seems like a bullet. That, that, that's, a bullet. that's sort of what I was hinting at earlier in the episode when I said, were you doing dog math? Because, like, I thought she had two dogs. And then I thought one of the dogs so, was shot. And then there's yes. definitely multiple dogs running around while they're fighting people. Um, I wrote in my notes, dead dog. And then a minute later, no, period. Dogs kick ass. <laughs> <laughs> I was heartbroken that another dog was dead. But Keanu gives what could be argued as the best line of the movie when Holly says, he shot my dog. And Keanu says, I get it. <laughs> Boom. Genius. It was good. Keanu brilliantly delivers that line. Here's the problem, though. She shot the dog, who is totally fine. Do you think she went a little overboard <laughs> with her retaliation, given that the nope. dog was fine? Nope. Nope. Let me tell you, as my mom, I almost call myself the proud owner of a adorable 12-pound Shih Tzu. My mom has a Shih Tzu. It's not my dog. <laughs> I get it, just like Keanu gets it. Uh, yeah. Here's, here's the thing. So, so, so let's go back to John Wick chapter two at the end when he's like, yeah. Jonathan, don't do it, Jonathan. That's a terrible version of that guy's voice. Um, Winston. <laughs> but yeah. he knows what the rules are and he knows the penalty for his actions. But he is preventing that guy who will be horrible for all of New York and did a horrible thing and put him in this whole situation. And he already has nothing left to live for. He is deciding, knowing the consequences, to kill that man. The Italian. The Italian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Halle Berry has something to live for, has a bunch of other dogs. Her dog is still alive. She is going to do an action that will guarantee that she's dead, right? Like, in theory. Uh, she should, she yeah. should die based on the action that she yeah. takes. And she's doing it because the guy shot... And did not kill her dog. Yeah, you must not have dogs. I mean, I, you, you love your dogs. Sure, but I I see what you're saying. Like she, here's the problem though: is that if if she didn't do that, what was going to happen next? I think he would have shot the dog again, or yada yada yada, <laughs> sure. shot her. Oh, it's not dead. Boop. <laughs> Boom, yeah. Uh, I, definitely, I definitely saw that coming, though. When you reach back, so he gets a cigar, and I'm like, oh, yeah, there's a gun in that box. If they're not showing us what's in the box, there's a gun in that box, and that gun's going to come out. I was very, very nervous about that. But also, I feel like Halle Berry doesn't understand how the assassin world goes. Like, clearly, he is giving them something, and he wants something. Like, it's an easy transaction for me. Like, I, once again, I don't have dogs. Um, I also don't have three dogs. I'm sure if you if you had three dogs and you had to give one away to live, you might be okay with that. Sure, but the dog math is not ending up. She has two dogs, and then she continues to have two dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I definitely, I definitely did dog math. I was I, when I I was I was anxiously awaiting to be sure that a second dog was running around in that scene afterwards, and the second dog showed up, and I was so relieved. So. Yes, the dogs. Uh, we also – this is quite the animal-centric movie. We also have horses, which was awesome. Yeah. We did not talk about that. Using horses as a weapon, like when they get up on the front legs and then kick them with their back they, legs. They definitely um, got dangerously close to breaking the rule of three. Like 
the first slap the horse's ass and make him kick somebody in the face was good. And then when he did it like two more times, I was like, oh, I don't know, John. I, I was on board. Um, I was I was very excited. I just love animals. I think if if you don't like animals, you're just not into these movies, clearly. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I, yeah, I wrote down horses. I was very happy about that. Um, what else is there? Uh, <laughs> do you want to talk about the desert? Uh, yeah. <laughs> what was going on? So, so here's, here's my thing. When I'm cooking and I have these instructions and I take instructions so literally because I'm so terrified that if I deviate, I will screw something up. You take the instructions yeah. so literally as long as the instructions aren't give me one of your dogs. No, I'm <laughs> referring to the instructions to where to find the the man who is above the high oh, table. Oh, yeah, I yeah, got you. I, I, I just and wanted to call back to five seconds ago when you were saying, I'm just not a dog person, and then said, you but not. I understand instructions. And I was just <laughs> I was just refuting your statement. It's valid, valid. Uh, so the instructions he gets, I believe, were to go to the desert and then start walking and then almost die, keep walking, and then really almost die, and the guy will find you. Now, he said he may find, I was, find you. It's sort of like yeah. a it's sort of ex- like a praying to God thing. The answer might be no. Yeah. <laughs> it was very Indiana Jonesish. Uh I, I was thinking that the guy who would be above the high table would be some kind of old man, like a Ben Kingsley or someone who would be wise. And then that's just the three kings guy. <laughs> I really wish it was like I, Oberon or someone. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. This, the guy is the, the the guy from Three Kings. Like, what are you doing here? It, it's not old enough to be above the high table. Like, who is this guy? Why are we listening to him? I thought that was. I mean, he's just silly. the founding member. <laughs> he but starts the, the, the Assassins I, Guild. And he realizes there's too much work, and he wants to go fuck off in the, the desert. desert with his camel. And he like appoints a council of people to take over everything. And he just has the ability to go nah. I, I, I don't – sometimes in movies I, I get a little annoyed when it just goes to pure magic. Um, so he's out there in the middle of the desert and John Wick's like, please give me a chance. He's like, OK, chop off your finger. And John Wick's like, cool, which was terrifying. Also, I think you need all ten fingers to be good at you know fighting. But then there's just right, a perfectly – If you're making suit. a fist, where do you care where the rest of the finger is? No, you need to like grab people and stuff and, and eat cereal. Does your ring and finger your do fingers. that much grabbing? Maybe. I don't know. I'm not an assassin anymore. Um, <laughs> but the, the also, I, pressed... I think you're missing the metaphor. Yeah. He was doing everything for love and he was doing everything yeah. because of a promise he made to a woman. The promise is symbolized by yeah. the ring. If he's going to exchange his life for his chance to remember the memory of her, he has to give up the thing that symbolizes the physical remembrance of her, which and is the ring. Does. I, yeah. I think there is a, a, a nice um, symbolic trade-off there that he is making. It's, it's literally the ring is a vow that he made to this woman. He is now exchanging that vow for his life in order to do this other thing. I, I, think, it, I think it translates in my head. Well, this is why you run the podcast because you catch these things. That's a good observation. I didn't. And I'm not even the one who's married. Oh boy, don't even get me started. So there's another thing in this movie that I thought was very clever, and it's it's an old thing that a lot of movies have done all the way back. Like Hitchcock used to do this, where your main character wears white, and then eventually they change to black, showing like some kind of transition. And I was just applauding like, great, he goes from white shirt to black shirt, you know he's going to go back and kick some ass. Did you catch this? Um, I mean, I noticed that the wardrobe changed, but I didn't apply any 
Uh, I mean, he also, when he goes to Rome, he also switches to like this weird like turtleneck with a jacket thing. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> he goes full Steve Jobs. I love it. Um, yeah. So uh, one thing I really liked also was uh, we get to see uh, – I can't remember his name. The, the guy who runs the front desk of the Continental. We get to see him fight. Yeah, yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. And he's good. He's proficient. All of his employees are not proficient. <laughs> At least uh, not as proficient they all die as him. pretty quickly. So the the way this movie ups the ante significantly is that the busloads of guys who fight for the high table are in full bulletproof body armor. Yeah, yeah. Now, is this a real thing? Like, is there full bulletproof body armor in the real Can, world? Is there a way for someone to walk around comfortably and literally bullets bounce off of that person well, like so, Black Panther. So I well, – I mean, well, clearly if they do it in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, no, no. But yeah. so, there's a couple of things I will say about this. One is that uh, they were not impervious to all bullets. They were impervious to bullets of a certain caliber. Um, when yeah. he switched the shotgun, uh, nothing Boom. stopped that, right? Um, yeah. The thing was that all the bullets they had were – like it was special tactical body armor specifically to protect from this sort of thing. The second thing I will say is that it wasn't – they weren't – they were specifically not like Black Panther where he can just stand there, take all the damage, and it doesn't seem to affect him. Um, bullets were bouncing off of them, but they were feeling the impact of that and, like, getting knocked down on the ground. Like, that was the whole thing, yeah. right, is – is which I thought was extremely cool because it wasn't just like, look, they're, they're badass. It was like he, the, the adapting that he did to that fighting is he would shoot them, waste bullets to – like to knock, to knock them, them down. down and like incapacitate them, even if only for a second, so that he could like once everybody was down, he would run to the closest guy and push the head up so he could shoot him in the neck or that was lift pretty, the goggle. That was pretty so lift the goggles. That was pretty scary. Um, yeah. I thought this was amazing. It, it did get us into like video game territory where it's like um, if you played like like in. in in any shooter video game, there's this idea of a bullet sponge, which is like as the enemies get like better and better and better, they just take more and more bullets and it kind of breaks the universe. In So there's this game called The Division, which everybody played a while back. And uh, in The Division 2, one of the things they did is like they still need bullet sponges because they want the enemies to be harder and harder to kill. But they made it so that like they're all wearing armor and you can just shoot off the armor. And once they're out of that armor, like if you shoot them in the leg, their leg armor gets damaged. And then if you shoot them, it's like taking real leg damage where it just kills them real fast. Right. So in this thing, it was like, they're just, they're, they're the elite ones, right? They're just the same as the other soldiers that just got wasted a few seconds ago, but these guys have armor and you have to shoot around or through or inside of that armor to actually kill them. I just thought it was a, it was an interesting idea to make, the bad guy is more difficult for him, not because they were skilled, because nobody seems to be as skilled as him, but just because they had things that protected them from the normal attacks he was doing. So he would have to get into close range and have to get up there and be able to kill him. So I, I just thought that was a really awesome addition to yeah. upping the stakes for John Wick. And one one complaint I have overall, and I'm not sure if they did this in John Wick 1 and 2, but what happens in action movies often is that you have your hero – the bad guys run up to the hero, point their gun at the hero, and try to somehow both shoot the hero and touch the hero simultaneously. <laughs> and then the hero can just block their gun. And I just wonder, why don't the bad guys just stand 10 feet away and just start shooting? <laughs> well, I think most of the time they're trying to 
fight in short range and happen to also have a gun. Yeah. Uh, that kind of bothers me. There's, there's, um, you, you mentioned video game and, and the bosses uh, in the pre-spoiler section where in the glass room, the administrative room, which again, two stories of space where guests cannot stay and pay money. Don't understand this hotel. It does not make well, sense. Well, remember, there, um, there, there is not – in the hotel, everything costs one gold coin. <laughs> Oh, so, yeah. Actually, uh, here, can here, I get a coffee here, with almond milk as two gold coins? Here, here's the real question for you is let's pretend the Continental is a real hotel. If you went to New York and walked inside it, would they just tell you, oh, I'm sorry, we don't have any rooms available when you try to hand them a credit card? <laughs> or is it one of the – I, like, I don't understand how, how they don't let normal patrons – like I'm sure that hotel yeah. has like a five-star rating on Yelp or whatever. Oh, I was actually going to make the opposite comment. I bet it's a one star rating because it's all tourists going in. Like they won't let me, they won't let me get a drink in the fancy bar downstairs. Why won't they let me in? Um, that could be that'd be pretty good. I I do wonder though. So yeah, they don't let other people in because we've seen who was the guy in John Wick one. There was a guy staying. I thought he might have been a cop or something, and he gets killed. Oh, he, the, he yeah, the, like the, the, the mustache. <laughs> And the one that the girl who tries to kill him kills when she's staying yeah. in his room. Yeah, yeah. I think that was just a fellow assassin guy. Gotcha. So it really is a hotel for assassins. Yeah, wow. yeah. Okay. So I guess I wonder – I mean TripAdvisor would be fun to set up a fake uh, hotel and just put some funny reviews up about like, God, it's so, it was so noisy. And I think there was blood in my in my mini bar. It was kind of gross. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I the, the, the going back to the administrative room, he defeats – so there's like this gang. It's the, the sushi chef gang that is super good with swords and knives. And can he defeats disappear because the they're lo- like fucking ninjas. They can just like – Oh, my god. The disappearing was so dumb. But you know what? These movies are awesome. The, so, so the most annoying thing is like it's it's like, oh, shit. How are you going to handle this, John Wick? And then when he does it the one time and never – oh, he does it like halfway a second time where he's like, and I'm gone. And the guy's like, oh, he can also do a ninja move. <laughs> <laughs> It was so stupid. This is like defying like logic. You just turn your head the other way. Also, and the guy. also, we didn't talk about how John Wick is actually like a Russian kid who was brought up oh in an orphanage. Oh my god! In Belarus, that was amazing. Okay, so yeah, I, I mentioned the pre, the uh, the Russian wrestling and ballet school where you are just like beaten into becoming good at ballet and wrestling. Also, girls. Also, it's. It's 2019. What's up with this like orphanage where they make all the women be ballerinas and all the men be like assassins? You know, I actually had the same thought. I was like, I bet one of these girls could kick the shit out of these guys and it would be cool if they let a woman into the wrestling. But this is like old school mafia stuff. Did you notice that all the teenager ballerinas had giant tattoos? Yeah, yeah they on all had backs. like the same tattoo as John Wick. What is going on with the tattoos? It's so That's weird. how you know they're from that family. Or that, that gotcha. school. Oh, does John Wick have the same tattoo? Yeah. Oh, shit. That's amazing. Yeah, he's Bella. It's, that's not his name. It's John. Of course, John Wick's not his name. But like, <laughs> that was that was a I, that definitely surprised me. And he got that ticket with the cross. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I OK, I, I was trying to talk about this before and you rudely interrupted me. <laughs> so <laughs> he has his emergency go box. Is in the New York Public yeah. Library in a Russian book. He does not know where this book is. He has to ask a librarian, where is the book with my magic go box? <laughs> now, 
The way the library system works is you can request other books to be shipped to other libraries. So what if some kid doing like a high school book report in Portland, Oregon had requested this book? I, this is where my mind goes when I'm watching these movies. Like, how do you not know where your own go box is? My, and it's in the library. My, my assumption is that this is either a very obscure book or a book that doesn't actually exist and would only be in the system uh, because John Wick put it there. Yeah. So like yeah, nobody see, this would, is why nobody you're on would the podcast be able to look, look for it. <laughs> you're good. Yeah. And that's where he had he had his Halle Berry uh, marker. He had his Angel Angelica Houston ticket, and he had four gold coins. It was good. It was a good gold yeah, box. It, and then the Philadelphia Sixer shows up. It was up, the which in was... case of emergencies thing. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I just, I just want him to have a vacation. I also feel like he's dehydrated most of the movie. Like he never stops to have a cup of water. And then there is a water joke in the desert where Halle Berry is like, "Here's the last of the water before you walk. Never mind. I'm going to drink it and spit it back in the water <laughs> bottle." That was really great. I thought he was going to drink it. I thought that was going to be a nice comedy beat, but it did not. Um, we did talk about the Matrix, guns, lots of guns, but also the Winston Keanu scene felt like the architect where they were talking about the world and talking about uh, choices and consequences felt very architect-y to me from the Matrix 2 uh, reloaded, Matrix 2 colon reloaded, I believe. <laughs> Uh, so that that was cool. That was a nice a nice moment. Um, so I I will I will jump in and I will say one one of my favorite moments in the film is during one of the early fight scenes. And anybody who is a child who wanted to be cool and throw knives or ninja stars into something knows that there is some weird physics thing that has to happen when you're throwing a knife that is going to rotate to make it so that when it hits something, it sticks into it, right? <laughs> so No, no, no. You need to explain a little bit more. How do you know that? Uh, because as a child, I definitely tried to throw things into even, – even here in the office as an adult, I have one of those uh, – those canary knives you use for cutting open boxes. And sometimes if go. there's just a giant stack of uh, cardboard boxes and I'm just like alone in my room, which is often. <laughs> do, do I need to call HR? What is going on over here? You're throwing knives in the office? Are you crazy? It's, oh my uh, God. I mean, just Google canary knife. It's not like a knife knife. It's just like a serrated blade-like implement that you use to cut cardboard. Anyways, like – It is a blade that at one point is flying through the air in a random Yeah, direction. but no one's standing near me. It's fine. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, so when you throw a knife at a thing and the knife rotates, unless you like throw it like a spear somehow and make it like just go where the blade is always out, chances are – I, I don't know math, but I'm going to guess like 50% of the time the handle is going to hit the object you're trying to hit and it won't stick into it. So there. Well, let me tell you, recently at a work offsite uh, – oh, maybe I shouldn't say that. Recently at an event not related to work, there was uh, – <laughs> there was an axe-throwing event yeah. that was like at a, a – a, like a fun place and you, you bring alcohol and such and – after a few tries, Which, you can throw an axe. Axe throwing and alcohol. Just it, is, it, is, it is pretty funny. They don't serve it, but they'll let you. Uh, yeah, anyways, after a few tries, you can reliably, consistently throw an axe into a, a piece of wood. 
So I wonder with enough practice, can you throw anything at anything and just make sure it goes in? Obviously, but, but my main point is there's a scene where John Wick is standing in a hallway with knives on either side of him, and him and a bad guy are grabbing knives and throwing them at each other, but they're just bouncing off. Awesome. Because it was pretty awesome. It's a thing that is hard to fucking do, and I just thought that was an amazing moment of like, yeah, that's probably how it would happen. There is a chance that if it, somebody tried yeah. to throw a knife at you, it might not hit you blade side front. Yeah. The, it, was a, it was a funny scene, though, where I think they all run out of bullets, they look up, and they realize that there's cabinets filled with knives yeah. everywhere and they just start sh- uh, shattering glass um and and that's where like the body other. horror comes in because there's a guy who gets knifed in the eye like hardcore that was there's people gross. that get knifed in the head um yeah it was pretty gnarly multiple times yeah. that guy gets knifed in multiple times and then keanu does his classic hammer move and just hammers it through it's pretty gross yeah, yeah. but overall again love this movie and the fact that Jason Manzukis is so the Jason Manzukis, I think again, Jimmy Fallon, uh, he keeps showing clips that are in the trailer and talks about how, you know, this is me and Keanu. We're just hanging out on motorcycles, trying to kill a bunch of assassins. They show the clip, and then Jason Manzukis is obviously not in it. He's like, Oh wow, they must have cut my part out of that scene. <laughs> it's it's worth it's worth going on YouTube to watch. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I really hope that they review this movie on how did this get made. And so Jason could talk about his scenes, but okay. What is the Bowery? Just what the hell is going on? It, the Bowery is a district in New York City, isn't it? So within the context of the film, yeah, I don't know about the word, <laughs> but essentially there is this underground group of uh, basically pretend homeless people, people who live as homeless people within the city, but they have connections. They're basically like Lawrence Fishburne. I think we talked about this in, in, in the uh, John Wick 2 review that we did, but – Lawrence Fishburne is basically Varys <laughs> uh, from Game of Thrones. Oh my right? god! You're he, right because he's got he the literally birds. has the little birds, um, and he basically has all these people who listen and follow what he thinks needs to happen in the city. What we are getting set up for here in the John Wick fours, fives, and six, whatever is going to come, is that until now, the, the Bowery. And this group of homeless people, this society, have lived under the permission of the High Council. They are doing their own thing. They're allowed to operate. Um, Lawrence Fishman has already done whatever he's done, and he sort of is working for them. But he has his own ideas of how the city should run. He now knows that the one uh, woman lost her seat to her Italian brother, who we all don't like, um, and he's now dead. And they are ready to make their own move because they feel they're already running the city and they don't want the high council to fuck with that. Um, so I think that, like, I mean, especially with where the end of this film goes, um, John Wick is essentially yeah. joining them because he is still excommunicado, but um, he now is like, let's all take on the High Council, because clearly the High Council sucks. Um, And I like that they set that up. I did think it was a little silly um, that Keanu Reeves survives, like, falling down five stories or so. I mean, just think about all those those things that stopped his fall as he fell. It looked really painful. I, I think he's dead, but, you know, that was cool. And I think Jason Manzoukas was also, was he there in the last scene? Uh, Probably. Okay. So here, here's, here's uh, the real question we should be talking about, I think, um, is – so the guy in the desert 
the guy who's higher three the higher than the, the high council guy um three three yeah. kings dude he basically says if you kill winston um i will unexcommunicado you and everything will be cool winston gives what i don't think is the greatest speech <laughs> and john, john wick okay. goes like oh i don't think i will kill him and you're my and friend then on the roof when when she's like cool this building is no longer uh, de whatever deconsecrated. Like Great it's word. now re reconsecrated, um, and essentially they're like, "Well, what about John Wick?" And he's like, "Oh, he has to die." Boop, boop, boop. When he shoots him, he falls off the thing. When somebody like when the woman comes downstairs and, and says, uh, "When the what's her role again?" Adjudicator. When the adjudicator is like, "Hey." We have a problem. John Wick wasn't on the ground when I went outside. And he's like, huh, what do you think of that? It, he's delivering the line as though he was helping John escape when he shot him that, off. I think that's a good interpretation is that he knew John Wick would, would survive. But the thing is he did not have that conversation with John. The performance Oh, no. Community. Oh, no, that was super messed up. It's basically the end of The Negotiators where Kevin Spacey <laughs> shoots uh, Sam Jackson but doesn't warn Sam Jackson he's going to shoot him in the stomach. But, yeah, so I, I, I think that is what happened. Is that he's like, I know how I can save John Wick and get myself out of this too, impressing the adjudicator. I'll shoot him and he'll survive. But the thing, the thing is – there is very little chance he will survive. At best, at best, his plan was, I'll get him out of this situation doing something that has a 90% chance of killing him. And if he lives, like, that, that's the thing, is he could have also just run off the top of the roof. Like, John could have just ran away because no one on the roof was prepared to stop him, right? So if he survives yeah. the fall, it's not like it's not like the old... Uh, like I guess in the back in the day it, when like there were like public executions uh, or something like that, if you somehow survived like being hung, you were just allowed to go free. Or maybe it was the gallows. There was something where like if something happens and they're attempting to execute you what and you survive history it. history class did you take that taught you this? <laughs> That's absurd. But okay. No, it's a, it's I'll, a thing. I, it's like a thing where like if – if something about the thing went wrong and you were able to free yourself and get to the edge of town before you were caught and put back up there, you were essentially free. It was like the sentence was carried out and you survived it. The payment is made. Uh, I don't know. Uh, somebody Google this and write in. Maybe on the next episode <laughs> I'll mention finding it. Um, but beyond the point, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that it's not like that. <laughs> So I agree, I agree yes. with you. It's an absurd statement. So yeah. there is no reason him going, he should die, and then John just running is not the same as shooting him and pushing him off a building because he's not, he's not now free. He's just as unfree as when he was on the roof. He just didn't fall off a roof. All he was doing was securing his own thing. So best case scenario, he was like, I'm going to shoot him now so that I'm free and clear. And if he survives – good on him for not dying. Um, yeah. And it just feels like yes. there's no way John's going to be like, I see what he did. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'll let him He's go. not going to get up and like golf clap. You as a person would not do that to John fucking Wick. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to kill him, you better yeah. kill him. So I, I don't know. It just seemed like a weird, an odd choice. 
and like the yeah. sarcastic like huh i can't believe you survived that was like you yeah. seem so fucking guilty and a little bit proud of yourself but i sure hope john wick feels the same way i did enjoy winston in his little safe room drinking his uh his cognac during all the fighting just like i'm gonna hang right here and i'm perfectly comfortable yeah. also if you have a remote switch on your vault door why do you still need the turny thing if it's all electric couldn't it just go chunk and like lock itself well, I think it adds to the set. It looks cool. A lot of old-timey stuff in this movie, like I said, right off the bat, Keanu gets in an old taxi for no reason because everything's just like a nod to the past. I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. Or maybe think about it this way. If you see two taxis, one's super modern and one's old fucking beaded taxi, which are you going to get into? The new one. Yeah, so maybe they're doing it specifically so non-assassin people get into it. Oh, interesting. I mean, you know, once you pay with Apple Pay in a New York City taxi, you're just like, what the hell is cash? Screw it. I'm using Apple Pay forever. It is nice. I finally pumped gas with Apple Pay for the first time. Oh, I did that too recently, (laughs) and it was magical. (laughs) Although, halfway through, I realized I was putting in premium, and then I felt like a real idiot, so I had to go, oh, shit, stop, 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 and switch it to the other one. That was embarrassing. Did you really do stop and then hang it up? And then wait for the transaction to complete and then rescan your phone? I absolutely did that. It's how much <laughs> you, you save like two dollars, right? Yeah, but I think you're not supposed to put in premium into a non premium car. <laughs> is it you're not the problem is, is if it I, you're not supposed to or you don't need to? I think you're not supposed oh, to. Oh, does it do bad uh, things? But I drove a premium car I drove a premium car, baby. Uh <laughs> for like a you know, forever basically. And then now I have a an outback and uh it does not need premium. So it's just hard to break that habit. Yeah. And now you know more about my life. <laughs> more than I maybe need to know. <laughs> yeah, great. You're welcome. But yeah. moral of the story is don't double cross John Wick and uh use Apple Pay for more things. <laughs> Yeah, and I hope John Wick 4 is him going after the high table. I think that would be awesome. I mean, it's clearly going to be him and the uh, the, Bowery. the Bowery going after the high table. Yeah, and Jason Manzoukas with his uh, garbage bag scarf. Yeah. Sweet. Um, Great. Should we call, Love it. Should we call it a day? I think we should, and I, uh, I look forward to returning. Thank you for having me again, <laughs> and I uh, can't wait to listen. Cool. To myself. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for joining. And thanks, everybody, for listening. We will see you next time.